0: Tonight on Manchester United, the soap opera. The team arrived late for a Champions League game on their own ground, so kick-off has to be delayed. United failed to win for a fourth successive game. Manager Jose Mourinho has a vocal spar-off with the Greater Manchester Police. And Man United's club claps in, likes a post on Instagram calling for the manager to be sacked next week. Who knows? Yes, it's, uh, it's getting ridiculous now. Welcome to Series 4, Episode 8 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully we're less dull and predictable than United under Mourinho, but who knows? Today we're talking a 3-1 loss to West Ham and a 0-0 draw at home to Valencia and considering Mourinho's tactics, whether it actually is all his fault. And yes, of course, there's some Edward Wood bashing and yes, again, of course, we talk about Paul Pogba because it just wouldn't really feel right if we didn't. Um, And as always, we have our extensive youth and loan roundup too. Jack, United fans used to go to Old Trafford asking kind of how many will we score? How many will we win by? And the question now is, will we win? And will we create any chances at all? Um, and I think I saw a good line in a in a piece I read after the Valencia game that fear and doubt is all we have now.
1: That's a, a really good way of summing up, as terrible as, as that is, because it, it that's what this team is at the moment. It is fear and and predictability. It, it looks like we're we're scared to lose the game in a lot of ways, which ends up with us being much more likely to actually lose the game. And going forward, it's just it's a shambles at the moment. It really is. There's absolutely no understanding between the players. It's just 11 people all trying to do everything themselves, which obviously is just not going to happen. And there was, against Valencia, didn't it, I think it took us until past the 70th minute to have a, a meaningful shot on goal. Uh, against the side that, you know, Valencia are a decent side, but defensively, they're not great. And they're a side that we should... Even if we're not beating them, we should at least be putting them under some serious pressure. And it took until really the last five minutes when we had a string of corners and free kicks for us to put them under any sort of sustained pressure. And even then, when you've got delivery like like what Rashford was putting in for most of the game, where he, I think he beat the first man on about 10% of his corners, is not not really gonna ha- gonna happen. So yeah, it was another very poor performance, another sign that. This team is, like you said, just very, very dull and dull and predictable. That is the perfect way to sum it up. It's not entertaining, and it, I, watching United games now, even as a diehard United fan, watching the games at the moment is a bit like a chore, and I, it it just is because it's so so dull, and you know exactly what the performance is going to be when you turn it on, and that that is so 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 frustrating, as you know as, as we all massive United fans and we love to watch United play that's all, all we really want to do and yet this team at the moment has managed to almost suck the life out of, out of not out of the club the life will never go out of the club but it's sucked the life out of this team and out of the performances yeah. at the moment
0: There was, a, there was a, a funny tweet I saw last night as well which said uh, the singing section at Old Trafford went quiet for about a minute and he thought, there's no way that Joe Mourinho has even managed to suck the life out of the seeing section, which is pretty much non-stop throughout the game. It's like an a it's like an away end. And even they were were a bit quiet on, on Tuesday evening. And yeah, it is a chore. I can't imagine any neutrals are are watching United. And even if they're they're paid to do so or they choose to do so, I can't imagine they're they're enjoying it unless unless it's a big win for like West Ham, in which case they play a lot better yeah. than we do. Um But instead of kind of going through methodically the two games because the West Ham game was, was atrocious and we, there was questions about the effort and the attitude, particularly from, from Scholes and, and Rio Ferdinand on BT Sport, which was which was right because the, the effort shown against West Ham was abysmal from from every single player. Rashford came on, scored. The
1: sprint, the sprint stats shown on Monday Night Football were yeah. oh, shocking.
0: I'd, yeah, I've, I have some reservations about them because I think even in games that we win, United under Marino and even under Van hart as well has been a very possession kind of focused centric team Yeah. where we've had the ball and we've slowly created chances and we've moved up the pitch quite slowly so I'm not that surprised I think even in games we win our sprint stats would be pretty low so it, it concerns me because I don't want it to be like that I don't want us to play like that but I don't think it's necessarily a sign that we are suddenly much worse than, than we were and we're suddenly putting in a lot less effort than we were but everyone could see against West Ham that we weren't putting in the we didn't have the required attitude and mentality and effort Valencia, we saw a bit more effort. Um, certainly, I think we saw Sanchez working harder. He came back into the team. Every, everyone was working harder. But still, there there could have been a lot more from United and from United's players. But rather than talking about two games, Mourinho's tactics, I think, is probably, probably the best thing to talk about. Um, first, we saw failed Premier League strikers in Batshuayi and Rodrigo constantly receiving the ball to feet and just walking through, we saw Gabriel, the former Arsenal defender, and Gonzalo Guedes, the the Portuguese star, kind of lit up the World Cup for Portugal a bit. Just easily walking through to the final third, and it's because we had these two flat light. We played a four one four one against. Um, against Valencia and some ridiculous formation of a kind of a 3-5-2, but not really because everyone was terrible against West Ham. 4-1-4-1 against Valencia with two flat lines of four with Matic in between, covering the whole space. took six minutes for Valencia to work out how to play against it, which was just putting two players on Matic and basically making him pointless while making space for the rest of the team. And they just walked through. And there was no pressure on the defence. There was one moment, I think, where Gabriel had the ball... Lukaku kind of just let him stroll forwards. then Pogba let him stroll forward then Matic let him stroll forward and suddenly he's faced off with Chris Smalling Gabriel, the Arsenal defender playing in defence for uh, for Valencia is suddenly about four metres away from United's penalty area having just strolled across the entire length of the pitch that's that's partly down to effort yes, but it's also down to the tactics of when are we pressing them and United basically ended up man-marking Valencia Um, they were man-marking Valencia's attackers and midfielders and suddenly the defenders were just strolling through and they're thinking, why is no one putting pressure on them? It's because they're staying on their men. But that suddenly means Valencia are in the final third in about two minutes. In United, it takes us about 17 minutes to get to anywhere near Valencia's final third and do anything <laughs> with the ball. And it's that is one small example of just weird tactics that don't make sense and, and don't change throughout the game. They're not adaptable. Yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah, yeah again, it was just us... Like you said, not not adapting during the game. Fair, I was actually impressed with the way that Valencia sort of sort of figured out that system and managed to to do that so quickly. And yet we just did nothing all game. We just let it happen again and again. And there were so 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 many times where normally Guedes down the left was just getting in behind Antonio Valencia, and then he'd be he'd be one on one with um, either By Smalling or Matic, whoever came over. There was one moment actually in the first half. I think I mean it was just a shocking piece of play from everyone involved, but it really showed me that you know it's just a very there's just a lack of understanding from everyone in this team. Guedes had got in behind Antonio Valencia and he was running down the left flank. I think it was um, I think it was just after Fellaini had lost the ball very early on in the game, um, and then Fellaini's trying to sprint back. Guedes is going towards the the sort of left corner of our, of our penalty area. And at the same time, all three of Fellaini, Matic and Small and Baye try and go out to to shut down Guedes, and then leave Rodrigo and I might have been Parejo uh, at the back stick free in the, free in the box with just Smalling with them, who wasn't marking either of them. Yeah, and Guedes tries to put the cross in. It takes a nick off one of the three players and just about squeezes through to, to De Gea. But I mean. Three people all stepping out to the same guy. That's the kind of thing you learn about when you're in school. But then I, rem- I remember a
0: separate moment in the game where I think it was Rodrigo on the left flank who got past Valencia because Valencia's d- discipline in terms of positioning is, is absolutely abysmal given how poor is in attack yeah. as well. Um, Rodrigo gets past Valencia, he's on the left flank by himself and then no one goes towards him. They all stay in the area. And so it's either it's, yeah. it's one extreme or the other and both are terrible. But it's just that playing two lines of, of four against a team who, despite having struggled in La Liga this season, are remain a good passing side. They just played straight right through it. And, and a better side would have torn us apart. Matic isn't good enough to marshal the entire defence. The defence is rubbish behind him. There's no creativity in midfield because Fellaini was in it. The idea of playing two defensive midfielders... In, in any game has to stop in, against big teams I can just about accept it fine because it's it's protecting the defence which is pretty weak anyway but in a home match against a struggling team from a different league defensive midfielders are doing nothing they're not creating they're not shielding the defence when the fullbacks go up they don't cover what's the point and the, and you can take that throughout the entire team the wingers aren't covering for the fullbacks they drift inside aimlessly then they don't come back to defence there, there's no shape to United whatsoever and the only shape we do have is sometimes in defence against Valencia, we had a four, then one, then four, then one, and they just walked right straight through it. And you just thought, yeah. "What quite is it we're trying to do here?" And and it doesn't make sense. And it, Mourinho is such a manager that has that has thrived off consistency in his teams. Not just we we've mentioned it quite a lot in the last few weeks about the spine and and how maybe we have that now. We we said maybe we've got that with the this morning, Lukaku, Pogba. but. A, we don't. We've, we've quite clearly seen that in the last few weeks. But also, it hasn't always just been the spine for Marino. We've said you can name his Chelsea Premier League winning sides in two thousand five and in two thousand uh, what was it two thousand fourteen or fifteen or whatever. Um, Inter Milan, you can name his treble winning side. Real Madrid, you could pretty much name his side with Pepe and, and, and Ramos, etc. And then Varane coming in. Um, United, 43 games in a row that we've made changes to our starting lineup. It's not just our starting lineup, it's our formation. West Ham we played 3 5 2, Valencia 4 1 4 1, Derby I think it was 4 2 3 1. The game before that against Wolves was a slight variation, I think 4 3 2 It's just, why, why are we tinkering so much with the starting 11? Because the I get changing the personnel, but at least have some kind of consistency in a formation. It just it it smacks of Mourinho not knowing a what his best team is in terms of personnel, but also he doesn't seem to know what he's trying to achieve with this United starting. Yeah, team.
1: It, it it goes back to what we've been saying for the last few weeks, and that it just doesn't seem like this United team is progressing at all because I don't think anyone really knows what we're trying to progress towards. Like the the thing is, like like you said, changing changing personnel that happens. People are in bad form. You get injuries, suspensions. People need a rest. Whatever it is, what it is, and I and you, you completely expect that. But what you have to expect from, I think, any top team, is that there is a a system and a, and even at its most simple, most simple sort of level, there is a formation in place that everyone in the team understands and everyone who could be playing, even if they're not a regular understands, okay, if I'm playing this weekend, this is the role I'm expected, to, expected to, to play. If I'm in this position, this is the role I'm expected to play. And the f- just chopping and changing formation every single week is just making that even harder. You know, We don't need to bang on about how we don't have a system going forward because we've already covered that so much in the last few weeks. But this is just making it even worse because not only do we not have an attacking system, we don't have any sort of... I, I don't even know what it's called. Any sort of rigid plan, I, I guess, when we go into a game, it seems to change week to week. It's like just... It's, it's almost like every week, Mourinho is just picking 11 players and a formation out of a hat and then just throwing them on the pitch and seeing what happens. And and, and it, that that's why we're just not seeing any progress and that's why we see, I think anyway, why we see so many of our players when we're going forward trying to just do everything themselves because they don't understand... The role that everyone else around them is supposed to be playing, and when and when a lot of our forwards are in not great form, which they are at the moment, you know, in some games relying on individual brilliance is enough with the players that we have. Yeah. But our players are not good enough to to bail Mourinho out like they were able to at Chelsea and especially at Madrid when he had Ronaldo. Our players, especially at the moment, they're not in good form. Aren't able to 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 win games single handedly at the moment.
0: Well, look at, I mean, you talk about good form. I was just thinking about Romelu Lukaku. He's, yeah. He missed a great head against Valencia, but that, that that wasn't even it. He was so static. It was unbelievable. He's yet another player in this United team. Like, Sanchez was for ages, like Pogba was for a while. Um, like, Chris Smalling is sometimes, like Antonio Valencia has been for the last three and a half seasons. A player whose who's place in the starting lineup is so secure they they must be complacent it's impossible not to be no no human can push themselves as hard as possible if they know that they're never going to be dropped and Lukaku I think it it is now time to drop Lukaku he's been terrible all season he scored a few goals he's had some all right hold up play but those goals have often been chances created by the people and have come in the middle of maybe four chances he's missed in that game Lukaku against Valencia was one of the worst striking performances I've seen for a long time from, from a United player. Um, and you see Marcus Rashford is trying harder than any other player on the pitch and that, that's quite obvious to see. Marcus Rashford is creating more than anything. He's so much more incisive than other teams. He had so much penetration to United to play. Even if it's not Rashford starting up front, even if we keep him on the left because that's why he's, he's doing well at the moment, change Lukaku, even put Alexis Sanchez up front, I wouldn't mind that. Maybe we'd get a different side of Alexis Sanchez out, but I think Lukaku has to be dropped, partly to send a message to him, but then it comes back to to another point where I kind of contradict myself a bit, which is Mourinho seems to be sending a message to someone every week with his team selection. Sometimes it's a board, bringing Scott McTominay rather than Eric Bailly into a three-man defence. Sometimes it's players dropping Alexis Sanchez for the for the game against West Ham, um, dropping Pogba, substituting Pogba, etc. etc. It's always sending a message to someone. I, I don't know... And and yes, I, I understand why he does it and, and what he's trying to do by sending a message to the board, by sending a message to the players. And I think he should drop Lukaku to send the message to him. But doing it every week... Every game, you will never find a team that has some consistency, some rhythm, and they just have to build a rhythm up because we're never going to get out of this bad spell where we haven't won in in four games if we can't have that chance to build a rhythm up. And Rashford is, is someone who should definitely be starting the next few games. Just let him go. Because young players, off. think back to David Moyes, Adnan Yandizai was was the saviour a lot of times and kind of brought a bit of a positive mood back to United when he came into the side, scored against Sunderland. I think Rashford is going to have to be that person under Mourinho this time.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Rashford was, I think, by far, maybe along with Shaw and potentially Pogba, our best, out for, our best players last night against Valencia. I thought going forward... I mentioned about his uh, his corners earlier, which they they weren't good, but doesn't take away from his uh, his overall performance, which was I thought very good actually. He he was the only one who looked like he was likely to create anything. He was beating his man consistently, and even even when he went out to the right after Martial came on, he was still he was still creating a lot. He he does deserve a run a run of games, I think, because he's the only one of our forward players who has actually shown any kind of promise this season. Lukaku deserves to be to be dropped. He he looked to me he looked absolutely shattered honestly for most of the game last night. But even if he isn't, just based purely based on form, he he deserves to be dropped. Not not just on the basis of he looked tired. His performances this season have been completely unacceptable. Can't have that up front in our teams because he just kills every one of our attacks. It's not just him, obviously. We there are there are a lot of other players who are killing our attacks, but. Any time the ball goes up to him, it just comes straight back, and and it just puts us under pressure, under pressure again. And even when he gets, probably the only thing I can remember that he did pretty well yesterday against Valencia was when Pogba put a ball over the top, and he is quite late in the second half, and he got into sort of the corner of the penalty area, cut inside, and tried to shoot to the far corner, and it was saved. And that was that, that's the kind of thing we want from him. But he's not even making those kind of runs anymore. That was pretty much the only time in the game where he, he even attempted one of those kind of yeah. runs.
0: In terms of, is it all Mourinho's fault? That's a question I said we'd answer at the, the start of the, of the episode. Firstly, can we blame the players? I think, yes, to, to an extent. All, every member in that United team has not tried hard enough at some point in the last six months or so. Every defender has made a mistake at some point in the last 6 months or so every attacker has it is always been not playing well enough or could do better and for certain people like Romelu Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez is can can they do anything at all which would be nice if every, every player in that united side could have done more in the last 6 months even in the last month but it is the, the manager's job to get motivation levels up. And when he's bashing them every week, it's not surprising that, that they don't look like they're giving their all. Because, yes, they should, theoretically. And, yes, we think if we were in their position, we would be giving our all the time because you love the club, etc. But human nature dictates that you, you probably won't. If, starting in pre-season, your manager says, no, we probably won't win the title. In pre-season, he says, last season was an overachievement. If he says my players aren't good enough. If, if Mourinho basically threw the towel into the ring and then followed it behind and eventually caught up. And you just think this is not the way to give your players confidence. And, and and the big thing is, I'd accept it with some United sides. You could you could do this in the media to them. But this group of players is is obviously lacking confidence, having had bad spells under Van Haal and Moyes. But not only that, they are there are certain players in this side which are quite clearly confidence players: Lukaku, Rashford, Alexis, um, even Pogba, Shaw, Martial. There's so many players in this team that are undoubtedly massively boosted by confidence, and look, look, a, a completely different, terrible player when they don't have that confidence. And so, as a manager, you have to be able to to note that and then treat them in a, in a different way you would to another another squad. And so, yes, we can blame the players partly, but a lot of the, the problems with the players originate from, from Mourinho or from other people at the club.
1: Yeah, I think the, the thing for me is that I said this after the Brighton game and, and I stick by it now. If you put the whatever 11 players that we put out on the field every, every week, if I threw them onto a pitch without ever having met each other before, I would still expect them to play better than they have been playing. That's the first thing. So I don't think the players are completely free of of any criticism. But ultimately, the buck stops with Mourinho. It's his job, like you said, to motivate the players, to give them the confidence that they need to go out there and perform, and to, to basically give them the conditions around them that they need to succeed. And it's the manager's job to understand what the conditions are that each player needs. And it's going to be different for different players, for different teams. Just because something works... 12 13 years ago at Chelsea with a group of players realistically that were mainly from sort of a different generation of of players doesn't mean it's going to work now at, at United and just because something worked with Inter Milan doesn't mean it's going to work you know it doesn't mean the same thing worked at Real Madrid and as a manager I understand that you have your ways you know you have your your sort of ideas that you want to bring in but you also have to be be able to adapt and and be a bit more flexible with people we, I, I think part that's partly what we what we've seen with, with Pep as well. In his first season at City, you know, I think he realised that exactly what he he'd done with with Bayern and Barca wasn't going to work. I don't think his his current City side is exactly the same as his Bayern and Barca sides, but he managed to keep sort of the core ideas of his sort of philosophy, and just sort of adapted it to fit what was going on at Man City and what he needed there to succeed. And that's exactly what Mourinho has to do. I'm not asking him. I'm not asking him to become Jurgen Klopp or to become Guardiola, completely change his management style. But he has to be able to adapt, even in little ways, to be able to fit whatever the players around him need. And that's what he hasn't done this season. And that's what really annoys me because it and it happens at every. It seems to happen at every single club that he comes in. Players players are willing to listen to him and willing to kind of go along with what he says for a year or two. Usually, because it will because it's bringing success to them, which obviously didn't really happen here. And then after that, it, they're just not willing to, to deal yeah. with it. And I think we, we're going through that exact period right now.
0: He, when he came in, he said he kind of needed to get rid of the the sluggishness that Louis Van Gaal had imposed on United. Do we do we think that has has been removed? Because. You still have players taking too many touches. You still have take players taking a second too long to make a decision. You still have players passing backwards when they could pass forwards. Even simple things like receiving the ball on the half-term with your body open rather than Fellaini receives it with his back to the other team's goal. Same goes for Matic. It's only really Pogba who kind of receives it and straight away is looking forward, which is partly why Pogba is is at a, a, a Underperforming Papa remains very important to this United team because everyone else is so terrible. Have we got rid of that sluggishness?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And then, it's th- just a different, it's, it, I think it just comes out in a slightly different way. Yeah. But it's still but, there.
0: But then is the blame on Marino a totally? Yes, partly for that. But this is the most, or oh, the richest club in world football and since Edward Woods took over from David Gill as kind of in charge as chief exec or executive vice chairman whatever we have finished certain a certain number of points off the title every year kind of 10 15 points off the title every year no matter who the manager is David Moyes we didn't sign we failed to sign kind of Fabregas Cruz Um, we ended up with Fellaini Louis van Gaal we signed Di Maria, Falcao, big names. Apparently, I saw saw something earlier this week that said we didn't sign Ivan Perisic two years ago because he wasn't uh, he wasn't enough of a marquee signing. Which is oh, just uh, indescribable amounts of anger reading that because it, it's such it's so indicative of of the priorities of the Glazers and of Ed Woodward at the at the club. are yeah. well,
1: telling me Victor Lindelof is a marquee signing? <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly, and there's there's no structure at United which which lends itself to to success on on the pitch. It's amazing commercially, um, but comments like uh, "we don't need success on the pitch" to have commercial successes yes it's true but you don't say those things in public you don't even say them to on a conference call to, to other businessmen He's, Woodward's amazing at, at getting noodle partners tractor partners red wine partners w- releasing a, a 1968 European Cup tribute in in the form of a whiskey but th- there's no sporting director United and it's not just that even if we do report, appoint a sporting director you I can almost guarantee that Woodward will try and interfere with, with their decisions because he just seems like such a, a, a self-obsessed man that, that wants to control everything at United. And just because you can do a business deal with a, with a noodle company does not mean you can do a deal with Barcelona, with Inter Milan, on, on Ivan Perisic, on, on Real Madrid, Gareth Bale. Just because you can be the richest club in the world in a certain manner doesn't mean that you can sign Neymar Bale. And not only doesn't mean you can, doesn't mean you have to. There's got to be some kind of person who has some kind of football knowledge instead of United being run by bankers and accountants who are only there to try and get the most money they can every year out of the club, which is like £80 million a year the Glazers are kind of earning. And Will they sell the club? You can't see why, can you?
1: No, why would they want to sell the club? I mean, they're still raking in millions and millions every year, just making tonnes and tonnes of money, don't really have to focus on what's going on on the pitch. Leave that to, to Ed Woodward, who also doesn't really seem to care. And so for them, it's just a perfect situation. They're just making so much money. They're milking
0: the cash cow every year. But yeah. where would you rank the blame for the current situation at United? Because I would go, I think I'd go Woodward, Mourinho, the players. Although I, I was tempted to put the players second there because every manager they've been under, they haven't performed. But... The, the main reason that they're still at the club is because of Ed Woodward and the Glazers refusing to sell for maybe one or two million less and giving them these huge wages that kind of tie them to United forever because we can't ship them off. So Woodward kind of at one at about 100 metres in the sky and then Mourinho maybe. If we're, if we're going out of 100, Woodward maybe and the Glazers 80% of the problem, Mourinho 10%, the players 10% kind of roughly. But I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to support Mourinho in saying this. The point is that any manager who comes in, and I think Mourinho has done so many things wrong, especially in the last two seasons at United, not necessarily his first season, he's done so many things wrong. But even then, the the key problem at United is is the ownership and the people running the ship, and that comes down to Woodward because every problem that Mourinho has had can be linked back to Ed Woodward. Every problem the players has had can be linked back to Ed Woodward and Glazers. It's just all down to them. And something has to change. And I don't think anything will. I think even if we bring in Zinedine Dan, uh, this humble... um kind of charismatic and likeable person who when Real Madrid win the Champions League for a third successive time he has to be encouraged he's like N'Golo Alcante he has to be encouraged to take a picture with it because he's had his own success in his career even him I think three years down the line we'd be in quite a similar situation because he wouldn't get the backing from the board he wouldn't be be supported financially or in terms of I think Woodward would try and interfere with, with his transfers in the same way as Mourinho try and impose his own ideals on the side which are big names and, and Galacticos what would, would be perfect for Real Madrid
1: it's just so different It's just so many issues I think if we're, if we're talking about who's at fault for the current results i put that more on Mourinho and the players than the ownership but if we're looking at it in sort of the bigger picture of the sort of plight of United in general at the moment yeah. definitely for me the majority of the blame has to go to Woodward and the owners because Despite spending so much money, we still don't have... We we should have a squad that is on par at, ve- at the very least with City, judging by how much money we've spent. And we don't. We should have... After, what is it now, six years? Or no, not quite. that. Like five years that Ed Woodward has been in this position now. After five years, three managers and countless signings and, and sales of players, Ed Woodward should be a competent chief executive or executive director whatever whatever his title is now he should he should be far more than competent at his job and he just isn't he doesn't seem to understand the nuances of what he's doing and there just doesn't seem at the top level of the club there doesn't seem to be any sort of real motivation to actually want to change anything as long as the money keeps rolling in which it is then i think looking at it from Mourinho and the players, I probably would put them about equal in the blame because the players have to buy in to what's going on, but Mourinho also has to make the players want to buy in, and neither neither side has done that properly. I think. From, I think if we were going to overhaul this squad and sort of start again with a new manager at some point, I would probably only want to keep about half the players that we that we currently have, and that's that says a lot about who the people currently playing for us because like you said although it's not exactly the same squad the same core of players have been here definitely since the Van Halve days some of them even since the Moyes days and absolutely nothing about the team has changed it's been the same kind of results the same kind of mentality it's like have a bad result with a very similar kind of performance every week let the nice guy of matter tell us how much our mentality needs to change in his weekly blog then come out and give the same performance the next weekend and it's been that on repeat for the last three and a half, four years.
0: Yeah, although, interestingly, Matters blog this week did not contain any mention of the word hugs. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's <laughs> and, and it was said, this is not the time for blogs, which indeed was right. But we, we must move on. But yeah, there is no ambition at the top level of United. And that is, the, that is the, the crux of the problem. And I don't think anything will change unless something changes there. It's not just down to the manager. Unless you kind of find a genius who is... The, the reincarnation of Sir Alex Ferguson, obviously. Um, anyway, youth update Man United's under-19s putting their best ever performance in the UEFA Youth League in midweek, beating Valencia 4-0 thanks to goals from Bowie, Chong, Greenwood, and Bars. Absolutely brilliant performance all round, involving some some stunningly good build up play. Um, and United have often underperformed in the youth league, but this was this was fantastic, and they should make it through their group now. Mason Greenwood scored his eleventh of the season in that game, his eighth game of the season. He's also made three assists in that time, and he signed his first professional deal at United after turning seventeen this week, which is great news. Now Newcastle United on Saturday, five thirty kickoff at home. Tickets available, which is a, a, a rarity, um, and kind of tells you the 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 dullness of, of United currently. There were also many tickets available for the Valencia game, even though the, the stadium ended up being pretty full for, for the game itself. But yeah, tickets available for the Newcastle game kind of gives you an idea of what's going on at United at the moment. Prediction.
1: Who who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> I mean, I want to say that, that we'll get back to winning ways. Um, but I thought that about the Valencia game. I
0: thought and that about the West Ham game as well. I thought
1: that about the Derby game as well. So yeah. it's pretty, pretty difficult. Um, I will go. I will go with a win. I'll go with a very, very boring one-nil win with a yeah. Rashford goal after starting yeah,
0: I... up front. Oh, brave call! I'm, yeah, I'm going to say a boring one-nil, a boring scrappy one-nil win. when We scored in the in the seventy-sixth minute. I'm going for. Um, I won't actually put a bet on that because that'd be a, a massive waste <laughs> of money because I'll almost certainly be wrong. But no, I reckon uh, it'll
1: be. I reckon it'll be a relatively early goal. But then we're hanging on. At Possibly, the yeah. Kind of like Leicester in the, the first game of the
0: season. Yeah, I think either one of those two options is the, the kind of only thing you get with United at the moment. So either yeah. a late goal after kind of kind of terrorising their goal for the whole game, but not in a very threatening way um, or early and sit back. But yeah, I think I'll go late and, and I think I might go Rashford as well, but not starting up front. Lukaku to start up front still. Um, and Rashford to start on the left and score um, that's all we have time for on series 4 episode 8 of the Manchester United weekly podcast, thank you for listening as always even during this, this terrible period 4 games without a win for United now we haven't won at home for almost 2 months let's see if we can change that against Newcastle for more from us during the week after the Newcastle game and so on, you can follow Jack on Twitter at
1: at
0: UTD T A I T, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at Harry robinson 64 and the podcast itself, at, at @UTDWeeklyPod. That's P O D at the end there. Have a great week. Hopefully, we can we can see some decent football on Saturday, but I really, really can't promise anything along those lines. Um, have a good week. Goodbye.